In your Bibles this morning, Luke chapter number 4. Luke chapter number 4, we begin reading in verse number 1. We come in Luke chapter number 4. Jesus has just been baptized, and uh, we see the great picture of the Trinity as uh, God the Son is baptized by John the Baptist, and God the Holy Spirit descends bodily like a dove, and God the Father says, This is my beloved Son, whom I am well pleased. And Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry, and he's beginning to uh, set out to do something for God and for the glory of God. I understand that he is God, and he's serving God, and it can be a little confusing at times, but don't be confused. The connection to you and I is this. I want you to know that as soon as you decide to do something with your life for the glory of God, you can expect something to happen. The devil is going to come along and try to discourage you. And uh, we have a real war going on in our world between the work of God and the work of the devil. And uh, Satan is seeking to destroy and to harm you, and God wants to bless you. And uh, it's a fascinating thing. I spoke and preached on Wednesday night uh, from chapter 10 of the book of Revelation on the mystery of God. And one of the mysteries of God is... God is more powerful than Satan. It's a fact. And so we, we, we know that's true. And then the question, the mystery is, why doesn't God just snuff him out? I think the Bible says snuff him out or beat him to powder or something like that. And anyway, the, uh, why doesn't, and I'm just going to tell you, I don't have all the answers to that. And it's one of the mysteries I know that God's going to make clear one of these days. But until we get to glory... Uh, we're going to have to battle this. And I know for a fact that when Satan puts in our hearts the desire to rebel against God, it leads to death and destruction. And I've watched, I've lived long enough to know that when God's people will submit themselves and obey God, God's will for your life is far better than what you can make for yourself. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And we should live our lives surrendered to him. And I want to talk for a minute this morning about this subject, tempted of the devil. Tempted of the devil. When we meet up with Jesus, if Jesus is going to be tempted of the devil, so are you. And we're dealing with this matter of temptation, and Jesus was tempted of the devil. Let me read to you this passage of Scripture. Uh, Luke chapter number 4, beginning verse number 1. The Bible says, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will I give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. 
and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Jesus was tempted of the devil. A verse that you hear preachers quote often, and I'm no exception, is a famous verse of the book of 1 Peter. And first, and Peter says very accurately, he says, and he warns us all, he says, Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And I want you to know, it is a reality that Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to harm you. And the Bible says, look, my warning to you is you need to be sober. That means you need to be awakened to the fact that this is possible. Be sober, be vigilant, be working to prevent the devil from tempting you and causing you to fall and stumble. Be sober, be vigilant. Because the devil, like a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. How many of you ever witnessed the devil... uh, uh, get hold of somebody and ruin their lives. You can nod your heads and say it's happened. You watch them folks fall into sin and be tempted of things and trouble comes. Now look, we've got to give credit whom credit is due. And Satan is the prince of the power of the air. And he wants to destroy you. Satan is a tempter. Satan wants to cause you to doubt God. There's a verse of scripture that helps me so much. The Bible says it like this. God is not the author of confusion, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Well, I'm telling you, that is such a helpful verse for me. I love it. God is not the author of confusion, but of power and of love and of sound mind. I love that. It helps me so much. But it also reminds me of something. If God is not the author of confusion... But we live in a world that is confused about so much. Often confused about things that seem so simple. So basic and elementary. If God is not the author of confusion, where does all the confusion come from? I think the confusion is rooted in the prince, the power of the air, the devil himself. And in our text today, Satan attempts to tempt Jesus. Now Jesus is the God man. The Bible says that he was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And we're going to learn a few things about temptation and the wiles of the devil, the working of Satan and overcoming temptation. I think that we can find some help from the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, don't you? We'll look together. Satan is out to destroy. Satan is the big doubter. He's the author of confusion and God wants to help you. You know, Satan wants to cause you to question. Satan loves confusion. Satan loves doubts. And you may be here today and you've fell prey to the wile of the devil to cause you to doubt God, to doubt God's word, to doubt the love of God, to doubt the plan of God, to doubt the faithfulness of God. I pray that Lord will help you this morning as we study his word. As I preach this message, tempted of the devil. Let's consider a few things this morning. Number one, the, Satan wants you to question the love of the Father. 
Satan wants you to question the love of the Father. Now, here's what's going on in Jesus' life. Jesus is 30 years old. He's just beginning his earthly ministry. He has been baptized in this amazing moment where God the Son is uh, standing in the waters, baptized. God the Holy Spirit descends like a, uh, like a, a bodily, like a dove. God the Father speaks up. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry. And the next thing, the first thing that happens to Jesus as he begins his earthly ministry, the Bible says in verse number 1, Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I've underlined in my Bible a little word, led. He's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, I don't understand everything about this, but I know that God, the Holy Spirit, led Jesus, God the Son, into the wilderness. And in the wilderness is going to be the place where Jesus is tempted of the devil. Now, I don't understand why there's temptation everywhere we go. And sometimes we look at the temptation and the things that tempt us to sin. How many of you in your heart could identify? I won't ask you to tell us, I promise. But how many of you in your heart could identify a, a sin that is something that you are that easily, the Bible calls it, easily besets you, something that you, you have a tendency to fall into this trap? And I could raise my hand. I have a tendency to fall in a couple traps. But I have that sin that easily besets us. And sometimes I wonder, I say, now, Lord, why in the world is it that those things are available that they tempt me? And I think maybe it's just because God's not real. Maybe it's because God's not faithful. Maybe that God doesn't love me and he's let things in my world in my life that tempts me to sin but I want you to know something anytime you doubt the love of God the love of the father it's because the devil wants to discredit God who loves you you know what I found out that God has promised to give us victory over temptation God has promised to be faithful and help us through the temptation, to give us a way to escape the temptation. God is faithful. The love of the Father is certain, even though we live in a world and live lives that are rank with temptation. Jesus was led of God into the wilderness. Look what else happens. The Bible says in verse 2, He was 40 days tempted of the devil. Now, I want you to know that's a long time. 40 days. Sometimes... We go through struggles in life and we ask God to give us some relief and give us a break. And often the answer we get from God is a little longer, a little bit more. Wait. How many of you love to wait? I hate waiting. I hate waiting. Waiting is not my strong suit. And, uh, I bet it's not yours either. But you know that in the Bible, that God makes it plain that waiting on him is always good. Waiting's good. And here Jesus, even Jesus is waiting. Sometimes we think, my lands, I've been in this wilderness for 20 days. How am I going to stand it? And God says, you got 20 more. But you know what I found out? If I just keep waiting on the Lord and trusting in the Lord, God's plan is perfect and better than what I could come up with on my own. Let me tell you something. If you find yourself in a waiting period, you say, I need relief, God, and I need relief yesterday. Let me challenge you. You keep waiting on the Lord. Keep trusting the Lord. Don't let the devil tempt you to turn your back and begin to doubt the love of the Father because God loves you and is faithful. Forty days. 
Not only was 40 days an issue, the Bible continues in verse 2, being 40 days tempted the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Now you think about that for a minute. Not only had he been waiting, but he's also hungry. How many of you, when you get hungry, you get hard to deal with? And uh, so Jesus, he was hungry. Uh, he was hungry. Now, you know, when you start getting literally hungry, uh, not just for food, but hungry for relief, you get to a spot sometimes in your life, you're like, Lord, you don't understand, I'm hungry. But let me tell you something, he always understands. The Bible says that Jesus is touched with the feelings of your infirmities. What's that mean? That means he knows how you feel. I often deal with folks who are going through things I've never gone through. And I learned early on, even if somebody's going through something I've gone through before, when someone's hurting, you never go up to them and say, I know what you're going through. That is like the worst thing you can possibly say to anybody that's grieving. I know exactly what. No, you don't. And you don't. Yeah, I mean, you may have done something similar. You don't understand completely. But the Bible says that Jesus feels your pain. Jesus understands. He cares. And when Jesus was hungry, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, he understood the hunger, yet he had to wait. Jesus waited, and the devil was tempting, and he wanted to tempt him to doubt the love of God the Father. The devil shows up, and the Bible says in verse number 3, the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Now, it's interesting to me that the devil acknowledges something here. What does the devil say to Jesus? He says, if thou be the Son of God. You know, there's lots of folks who don't want to believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They want to believe that he was some really good guy. He was some famous figure from back in the day. But the Bible says, and the devil himself acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God. He says, if you're the son of God, it's a declarative statement. He says, you're the, he says, if you're the son of God, he says, you make this stone, turn this stone into bread. <laughs> He's like, look, you're God. You can make something like this. You can feed yourself. But Jesus knew at that time it wasn't God's will for him to do that. And just the fact that the devil was tempting him to meet a need the wrong way. If you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. The Bible says, verse 4, Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Now, Jesus teaches us a very important lesson and reminds the devil something. You know what happens? We're in the wilderness and we're like, man, this is rough. Forty days, I'm still waiting. This is difficult. And this is not what I want. I'm not living life the way I want to live. And we're hungry. We don't have the things that we think we need or want at the time. Let me tell you something. God's going to provide for you. But we get to these moments we think, man, I don't have what I need. And Jesus says something exactly right, of course, to the devil. He says, devil, I could turn that stone into bread. There's no doubt about it. But I want to remind you of something. Man does not live by bread alone. By bread alone. You know what? We, we spend all of our time worrying about bread. Now, not just loaves. Sometimes we call it dough. I don't have any dough left in my bank account. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, we worry about bread. The, you know, the, the bread of life is, uh, of, of living, I should say, the bread of living is, is a house, a car, an education. We worry about, about, about living life, living life. 
Let me tell you something. If you're trying to live life and you're leaving God out, if you're trying to live life and you're not trusting in the Lord, if you're trying to live life and you've never surrendered your will to Jesus and been saved by grace through faith in Christ, if you're trying to live life and you've left God out and you're doing all you want to do, you're accomplishing this, houses and that and whatever, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're trying to live life and leaving God out, you need to learn something. You are falling into the trap of the devil. And what's going to happen is when life doesn't go your way, you're going to doubt God and you're going to fall into the trap of the devil. When life doesn't turn out exactly the way you want it to, you're going to be doubting God and fall into the trap of the devil. And Jesus says, reminding you, hey, look, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There's a lot more to life than just living. And when you learn to put God first, trust the Lord, and you don't fall in the temptation of the devil to think that God doesn't love me because my life isn't going the way I want it to right now. When you get to the place where you say, I'm just going to trust the Lord, I'm going to trust the love of the Father, you're going to find out it's a sweet place to live. Jesus was tempted by the devil, and the devil wanted to question whether the, father, the love of the Father was real. And I want you to know it's real, it's real, it's real. And Jesus overcame it with the word of God. The second thing is this. Satan wants you to question the hope of the future. The next thing that happens in this story is the devil uh, loses the first temptation. And he takes Jesus to the next spot. The Bible says in verse 5, The devil taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I love verse number 5. So I've got this hope. I don't know if it's true or not, but I hope when I get to heaven, God has some way of showing me these Bible stories. Like I hope he's got them all videoed, uh, and, uh, and I get to see what this looks like. Because if I could see what verse number 5 looks like, it would be pretty awesome. Now, you read it with me. Think about it. Just think about getting to see this sometime. I hope it works out like that. If it doesn't, God's got a better plan that I could dream of. But, but listen, just think about this. Think what this would look like. The devil took Jesus up into a high mountain, and showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Can you imagine that? I just see them there all flashing through. I'm like, this is amazing. This is awesome. So Jesus sees all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The Bible says, verse 6, And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee. He says, Look, Jesus, I'm going to give you all this power. Now, the first question is, does the devil have that kind of power to give away? The Bible does say that the devil is the prince of the power of the air. He's a powerful being. He's the byproduct of sin. and He does have lots of power on this planet and this world. He says, all this power I'll give thee and the glory of them. He says, not only will I give you this power, but I'll fix it where they praise you and they worship you. He says, and to whomever, he says, he says, and it's to me, whomsoever I will, I give it. He says, I can give it to you. And the Bible says in verse number seven, if thou therefore will worship me, all shall be thine. The devil said, Look, if you'll worship me, then you can have all this. Jesus answered in verse number eight and said to him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. We could spend all day 
digging into all the details of this interaction. There's something I want you to pay attention to. I want you to pay attention to the fact that the devil was tempting Jesus with the future. Now, the devil said, look, if you'll worship me right now, immediately, I'll give you glory with all these people that you love. Immediately, I'll give you authority and power over all these nations. And it's mine to give you for this time. But you have to worship me. Now, Jesus is God in the flesh, and Jesus has got to weigh some things out. Guess what? It's going to happen that Jesus rules and reigns the whole world. It's going to happen. It's going to come a time where he rules and reigns on the earth. But there's a process. The process that God has designed, that Jesus has designed, is that Jesus had to live a sinless life. He had to die on the cross. He had to bear on the cross the weight, the sin of the whole world. He had to, he had to be buried and then rise again the third day. There was a process in order to do things God's way for Jesus to be King of kings and Lord of lords. But the devil says, if you worship me right now, I'll give you the glory, some glory right this moment. And so Jesus is tempted. And the temptation is, I can, do, I can worship the devil and have immediate, instant gratification. Or... I can wait on God. And it's going to require some hard work. and It's going to require some suffering. And in Jesus' case, the ultimate of suffering, bearing the sins of the whole world. But God's will is better and perfect and right. And the temptation is there. Let me tell you something. The temptation that happens in all of our lives is very similar. You see, the devil wants to give you the feeling now with no regards to the penalties later. And God wants you to honor him and worship him today and understand that the future is brighter with the promises of God. You see, if we obey the Lord with our lives, we have in our lives the promises of God. But let me tell you something. Obeying God and serving God is not something that comes with the promise of ease all the time. But God's will's perfect. Have you ever watched somebody take the easy road? And the people who take the easy road, it seems like initially they have more fun. But I'm going to tell you something, the easy road doesn't last very long. And the devil was tempting Jesus with the same thing the devil tempts us with today. Have it your way today. Have it your way now. Face the consequences later. God says, do it my way now and you'll have grace for the trials, grace for the trouble. You'll have joy and peace and fun along the way. And the end product is good and right. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to tell you that if you obey God and his word, you have no fun in the future. And that is one of the biggest lies that's ever come out of the pits of hell. The happiest people I've ever known are the people who live their life for the glory of God. The happiest people I know get right with God and live for Jesus as soon as possible. Don't live in this lie that says, when I get older, I'll serve God. Because when you get older, you'll say, I wish I'd served God when I was younger. You see, the devil wants to tempt you and say, your future 
It's too, you have to wait too long to have fun. Baloney. You trust in the Lord. He was tempted to the devil, and the devil says, Look, your future, Jesus, the joy of your future is going to be a long time coming, but if you'll worship me, I'll give you the glory today. May God help us. Don't fall for the temptation of the devil. Number three, finally. Satan wants you to question the faithfulness of God. That's a fascinating thing that happens. Jesus moves from this fascinating uh, picture as high mountain seeing all the kingdoms in a moment to the pinnacle of the temple. The Bible says in verse number 9, he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down from hence. So the, he says to Jesus, he's got Jesus at a high point on the temple. He says, look, if you're the son of God, cast yourself down. He says, jump off. Jump off. This reminds me of the age-old saying from mothers, when you've done something really dumb because your friend told you to do it, if, if he said for you to jump off a cliff, would you? And so Jesus on the temple and the, the devil says, if you're the son of God, jump off. And then the devil says, I'm going to use the trick that Jesus has been using on me. I'm going to tell him what the Bible says. And here's what the devil says. He says, jump off if you're the son of God. He says, verse, he says for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. He says, is it not in the Bible that, that the angels are going to protect you and keep you? And it says in verse 11, it continues, it says, In their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He says, he says Jesus, jump off this thing. Jump off this high point. He says, the Bible says that the angels are going to protect you. The angels are going to protect you from stumping your toe. Jump off. Jump off. The Bible says in verse number 12, Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Is it true that the angels would protect Jesus? Absolutely, yes. I love that old song. It says, In light of Jesus on the cross, he could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. Is it true angels could catch him if he jumped off? Absolutely, yes. Is it true that angels were, were there to protect him from stumping his toe? Yes, it's true. But Jesus says that's foolish. He says it's foolish, devil. The Bible also says I should not tempt the Lord my God. Let me tell you a, a situation that's similar to that in our lives. One of the most wonderful truths that you'll find in the Bible is the fact that God forgives sin. Aren't you glad God forgives sin? This is, I, I really, I love this truth. God forgives sin. Here's what it's, the Bible says. If we confess our sin. Now, I love the word confess. The word confess is not, please, 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 please. How many of you have ever been guilty of sin and you just like feel like you've got to beg God to forgive you? Let me tell you, you don't have to do that. So the Bible says if we confess, what's that mean? I'm guilty, Lord. I'm guilty. If you just agree with God that what you did was a sin, the Bible says if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I love that. When I confess my sin, guess what? God forgives me. 
That's awesome. Not only that, the Bible talks about God and, and relationship to our sin. What is it that God doesn't know? What doesn't God know? I want you to know that God knows everything except God knows everything except what he chooses not to know. And you know what God has chosen not to know and remember? He has chosen not to know and remember my sin. That makes me happy. The Bible says if he, we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the scripture makes it plain that when God forgives our sin, he casts our sin in the sea of his forgetfulness. That's pretty cool, isn't it? He removes it from his thinking as far as the east is from the west. God forgets that you sinned. Isn't that awesome? The sin that you confessed this morning, God forgets you did it. That's awesome. Now, that's a wonderful truth. Do you know what some folks want to do? They want to take that truth, and it is true, 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 true. And they want to have this idea, all right, good. If I confess my sin, he's faithful and just forgive my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Ha, 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 ha. Boom, I got this. On Friday night, I'll live any way I want to. On Saturday night, I'll live any way I want to. And I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning and say, Lord, I was wrong. <laughs> and we're all good. Let me tell you something. Jesus dealt with that. Now, is it true? If you go and live like the devil on Friday night and Saturday night, you can come to church on Sunday and confess your sin and ask Jesus to forgive you. And he will. It is very true. Let me tell you something. The Bible says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Could Jesus jump off the temple, the high point of the temple, and the angels catch him? Absolutely, yes. Does it make good sense? Absolutely not. Let me tell you something. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't want to live in perpetual sin. You shouldn't want to live in perpetual sin. You shouldn't want to have some type of relationship with Jesus that's just some type of fire escape. Let me tell you something. If Jesus is just a fire escape to keep you out of hell, you're missing out on the greatest truth and the greatest thing about being a child of God is the fact that God the Father and Jesus Christ loves you and guides you and protects you and has a relationship with you and he wants to feed you and guide you and help you and give you peace and joy and the fruits of the spirit and be a blessing in your life and help you live life the way your life was designed and the devil what does he want you to do he says he just wants you to take advantage of God Take advantage of his forgiveness. Take advantage of his protection. He wants you to live in such a way that you have just this fire escape mentality of Jesus instead of the relationship that God has designed you. Do you know that God will give you peace? Do you know God will give you purpose? Do you know that God will give you joy? Do you know that God will give you something to live for? Do you know that God will direct you? in your life to the right person to marry, the right place to go to school. He'll direct you in your life to decisions, the right decisions to make in business. He'll, he'll give you direction to, to make the right decisions in regard to the way you raise your children, the way you treat your grandchildren. God wants to have a relationship with you and help you. And let me tell you something. If you've got this idea that God is just somebody that will catch me if I fall, you miss out on the greatest part. 
of what God has designed for your life, a daily relationship with Him. And the devil says, look, God says He's going to catch you if you fall, just jump. And Jesus said, I'm not supposed to tempt the Lord my God. And you're not either. And you're not either. And Jesus gives the devil and gives us a lesson on sound Christian living. And he reminds us that God is faithful. God is trustworthy. God does love us. The Bible says in verse 13, And when the devil had ended all the temptation, let me give you a little encouragement. There's going to be seasons of life where the devil leaves you alone. It's good. In Jesus' life, he ended the temptation. The Bible says he departed from him. You see that verse 13? He departed from him. Hallelujah. When you get a little break. But then look at the last phrase. For a season. The acts of the devil is always temporary. You know, it's something that we're going to deal with the rest of our lives. This temptation of the devil for us to do the wrong thing, to turn our backs on God. You know what's sweet to know? Every time the devil comes around, God is going to be faithful. You can find it in 1 John chapter number 4. The Bible says that greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. God gives us victory over temptation. And I want to read you one last verse before we close this morning. You might want to look at it with me. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Jesus overcame the temptation of the devil. It's sweet to know that Jesus overcame the temptation of the devil. He won the victory. The devil's a defeated foe. When you turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, look with me in verse 13. The Bible has something very important for us to see and know about temptation. Scripture says this, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. How many of you have been tempted to sin? You don't have to raise your hand, but you can in your heart nod. How many of you are tempted to sin? The Bible says there's no temptation such as common to man. Let me tell you something. This is not the first time this has happened to other people. This is a temptation. Temptation is something that's going on in everybody's life. It's common to man. Look what the next phrase says. But God is faithful. I want to remind you of something. When you're dealing with temptation, God is faithful. You trust the Lord. Don't fall for temptation. Don't think there's no other way out of it. I've got to go down into the snake hole of temptation. No, God is faithful. That's what it says next. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Guess what? God's made it plain that the temptation that's coming your way is not bigger than you. And it's especially not bigger than him. God is going to make you able. The Bible says this in the next phrase. Look at it. But will, with the temptation... Also make a way to escape. What does God say? God says, look, with the temptation, when temptation comes, he says, I promise you, I'm going to make a way to escape. Now, I want you to go in your heart for just a moment to that situation, that scenario where you're tempted. I believe the Holy Spirit's already showed you what it is. You're tempted. You're tempted to... Lose your temper. You're tempted to look at something you shouldn't. You're tempted 
to partake in something you know that you shouldn't. I want you to go to that temptation, that moment. I want to remind you of something. When you get in that spot and you have the opportunity to make the decision to do the right thing or do the wrong thing, I want to remind you of something this verse says. The Bible says that God is faithful. God has made you able to overcome the temptation. And then what it says in that phrase is so important. He has given you a way to escape. Let me tell you something that's awesome. In every situation where you're tempted to do the wrong thing, you're at that moment, you're in that spot where you can go right or wrong. The Bible says that in that room, in that scene, in that moment, the Bible says there is a way to escape. When you're tempted to sin, you know what you need to do? You need to say, Lord, I'm tempted to sin. Show me the way to escape. Show me the trap door. Show me the secret exit. Show me the way out. And I want you to know something. It's not going to be a secret. God's going to make it plain. He's going to give you a way to escape. The scripture says that God with the temptation will also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. Oh, I'm so thankful. Jesus looks at the devil and says, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And every time the devil tempted him, he found the way of escape. He trusted in the word of God and God proved himself faithful. Tempt of the devil. I wonder, you're here. You've dealt with temptation this week. You'll deal with it again this week. As you deal with temptation, you remember something. Don't ever doubt the love of God. Understand that your future is brightest when you live in submission to God. And you remember this. God is faithful. God is faithful. It's always best to put your trust in Jesus. Put him first in your life. You'll be glad you did. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes?